Welcome to Fan the Flame, the podcast with Pastor Scott Owens and Aaron Owens. Hello everyone, welcome back to Fan the Flame. This is going to be episode number three. Um, we're so excited about how God has blessed on this podcast so far. We've heard some amazing feedback, some loving feedback from you guys. We sure have. Which we greatly appreciate. Thank you so much. Uh, be sure to share this with everyone that you know. Share it with your friends, share it with your family, share it with people that you uh, you might think it would enjoy this. Um, last week we talked about the topic of prayer and that was a pretty... That was a pretty good topic to talk about. We got Real good, good topic. Uh, good morning, everybody. Thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, last week was a great, great topic on prayer. A lot of people got help uh, when it came to you know the topic of prayer. It's a big, big question for a lot of people: how to do it, when to do it. And uh, it was just good. It was uh, it was a re- well received uh, topic of discussion and. Uh, yeah, it was. And so today we're we're going to be talking about another um it's a big topic in church. It's a big topic around, you know, people that you know, people who don't even go to church. Um it's a it's the topic of baptism. Baptism is a very is another big subject in it church. It is. It's a man baptism is a dividing line for a lot of denominations, uh, a lot of people uh, put a lot of emphasis on baptism. Uh, and uh, it's a, it, like I said, it's a dividing line. It really divides uh, a lot of people when it comes to their belief, where they stand on baptism. And so it's one of those touchy subjects of the Bible, uh, baptism. Yeah. So we're going to start this thing off with the, the simple question of uh, what does it mean to be baptized? Because that's a question a lot of people ask. Because what is it? There's like so many definitions that you get. You ask different people what it means to be baptized, and you're, I promise you're going to get a hundred different responses and a hundred different answers. But as far as Scripture goes, because that's the ultimate truth, that's the oh, solid yeah. truth. So that's the only truth that we rely on as far as uh, our our belief and our faith in, in Christ. Um, but what does it mean to be baptized as far as, like, what does the Scripture say about it? That's what we really look to is what the Bible says about what baptism is, not what, you know, people have kind of uh, taken the Word of God and suggested what they the writers might have uh, meant and when they, when they wrote about baptism. And, and they leave out what they actually meant, and that's what we want. We want to actually know what the Word of God says baptism is. And, you know, in Romans chapter 6, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We are buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. For if we've been united with him in death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. And so Paul in the book of Romans chapter 6 gives us a very simple uh, definition of what does it mean to be baptized 
And it's simple. You are following in the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he says it here, you are walking in the newness of life. And so baptism is symbolic of exactly what Jesus did on the cross for the believer. We go down into the water uh, representing his death. We come up out of the water representing his resurrection. And when they when we go down into the water, it is symbolic. And I stress that word, Aaron, symbolic, symbolic. of his death. Our old life has put to death uh, with the death of Christ. And then when we come out of that water and we leave that water, we are walking in the newness of life. So it is symbolic, man. We cannot stress that enough, Aaron. Yeah. It is a symbolic uh, uh, part, I mean, action, uh, uh, ordinance. Uh, let me. That's a better word. I don't know where I got action. Ordinance is a better word. It's a symbolic ordinance of the church of what I have done privately uh, with Jesus Christ in me, trusting Jesus Christ privately, uh, publicly, I announced that, Hey, the old, the old me is dead. There is this new me in Christ walking in the newness of life. So, uh, I think we need to stress the symbolic, uh, that word, the symbolism in baptism. I think that's what we need to, 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 to stress this morning. Yeah. And like you said, it's merely a symbol and, uh, if you think about it, if you would kind of compare it to sort of a, a an image or a scene that a lot of us are familiar with, you can kind of go back to um, a wedding ceremony when the exchanging of the rings take place. Mm-hmm. A wedding ring is merely a sim- symbol, yeah. a token that tells the people around you um, that, hey, listen, I, I belong to this person. My heart belongs to this exactly. person. We're in relationship with one another. Mm-hmm. You know, in a ring, a symbol, the ring, you know, you know, you do every wedding and you do the the symbol of the ring and it's an unbroken circle. I would say that's pretty much, that's a, baptism is the same symbol in a way. It is. And you know, if you or I, God forbid, lose our wedding rings, that doesn't mean that we're not married to our wives. We are still just as as married as we were if we had a ring on our finger. So the ring is a symbolic symbol. you know, it's a symbol of, of my commitment to to my wife, and uh, baptism is a symbol of this new uh, life that I have in Jesus Christ. And, you know, I want to say this. There is nothing uh, of saving power in water, mm-hmm. okay? If you read the Word of God from Genesis all the way to Revelation, the power resides in the blood of Jesus, there's no power in water. You know, when a person goes down into the water, there's not this magical transformation that occurs, some spiritual, mystical work that's happening under the water to redeem us and to save us. You know, one of the verses that a lot of people uh, misinterpret is Acts you know, 238. I've had tons of people come to me and say, hey, you know, Acts 238, we need to be baptized. But, you know, when they when they really, really get down to studying that verse, you know, uh, repent and be baptized. That is two separate actions there. Repentance is my private. Baptized is my public. Every one of you in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. Okay. Now, the forgiveness of sins happened when you repented. Your baptism is a symbol of what you did when you repented. 
you repented of your sins, you were forgiven, and then, man, when you uh, go into that water, you're telling everybody, I have trusted Jesus Christ. He has forgiven me. I'm going to walk in newness of life. And so, boy, when you read these verses, you've got to hang on every word. You've got to look at the the the, uh, the the way it's structured, the way it's written, you know, the grammatical way it's put together. Repent and be baptized. It doesn't say, uh, bapti- you know, be baptized and, you know, uh, in the name of Jesus and you're forgiven of sins. They, they miss that word, repent. Okay, and so it's very important yeah. that, that they understand that. Well, that's the that's the key first step, and I I we see a lot, you know, in a, in people that um, are coming to church or you have conversations with people, and you ask them, it comes up in conversation organically or not. Um, you're ministering to someone, and the conversation or the question comes up, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? And their immediate response half the time is, "Oh yeah, I've been baptized." Exactly. And so, okay, let's speak. Let's let's talk on that. Like, let's give some advice to the Christian who's maybe ministering or witnessing, mm-hmm. or just trying to have a conversation with someone. Yeah. And they ask the question, "Yeah, have you ever given your life to Christ? Do you can you say you have a personal relationship yeah. with Jesus?" And then the person they're talking to says, "Yeah, I've been baptized," mm-hmm. and that's the mirror concept of their relationship with Christ is that they've only gone into the waters of baptism or um, or some other form of baptism which we'll get into in a minute how would you respond to someone who says that like yeah I've been I've been baptized that's my relationship with Jesus I've been baptized what do you say to someone like well you that? know there's a twofold approach to this number one the person that's saying it have you ever been you know are do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ and the person that responds that's I guess that's a better way the person that's responding oh yeah I've been baptized I want to say this this to to that person and I think this is one of those points where it's going to get kind of raw and, and that's okay if you've never had a private encounter with Jesus and I'm talking somebody taking the word of God stepping you through the word of God and uh, as to what the Word of God says about what it means to be saved, what it means to be uh, a child of God, what it means to have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. If you've never had that private encounter uh, with Christ, you are not saved. You are not saved. Despite what somebody has told you, despite what denomination you've sat in and the preacher has preached that baptism is the only means of salvation. If you have never had that private encounter with Jesus Christ, then you are not saved. And to the person who asks the question, or do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? I think it's important for that person to really go back and step their way through that with this person to get them to understand and allow the Holy Spirit to to kind of convict them of the fact that, hey, you know what? You've never had this personal encounter with Jesus Christ because so many people have been told so many things. You know, we go to a whole lot of different churches, a whole lot of different denominations, and it's almost like, you know, uh, leeches that kind of attach themselves to us. We take a piece, whether we realize it or not, from each of these places we go to. One person says, hey, you're supposed to be this. And one person says, hey, you're supposed to do this. And it kind of hits 
he kind of settles in our in our minds and you know we need to understand what does the bible say the bible says in romans 10 13 that whosoever shall call on the name of the lord jesus christ shall be saved nowhere in that verse does it say water romans 10 9 and 10 nowhere in there in that verse does it say water nowhere in that verse it says believe if you believe and confess and call, that is the means of salvation. And so this person that thinks they're saved because they've been in the waters of baptism, if you've never had a personal encounter with Jesus Christ and you have never uh, had somebody take the word of God and show you what it is, you are not a believer. And, you know, that's a very stout statement, Aaron, and, and, and it may shock a lot of people. But the truth is is the truth. And the water baptism has no saving power. Water has no saving power whatsoever. There's no faith in that, Aaron. There's no faith in water baptism. Does that make sense? Because it's a symbol. It's a symbol. Faith is in a person. It's not in an ordinance. Faith is in a person, not in an ordinance. And so people need to understand that. Well, and I think what baptism has become is sort of this tangible you know, thing that I can do for myself or I can actually put my hands that on it. That is a phenomenal can, way of putting it. That is an awesome way. I can put my hands on it. I can perform. I can go through the performance of this act. And that way I can have this, you know, false assurance that I've done what I need to do in order to find acceptance with God. Because it's yeah. super easy to read scriptures about baptism yeah. and easily twist them and manipulate them into saying, oh, well, you in order to go to heaven, in order to be a Christian, you have to be baptized, like exactly. without a without a doubt, without question. So, I think baptism has become sort of a tangible, physical act or performance that you know we have allowed to become sort of this false, you know, hope of well, you've done it, now you're good. Ephesians two eight and nine, Aaron. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves; it is a gift of God, not of works. And so when people come up and say, hey, you know what? Yeah, I'm saved. I've been baptized. That is boasting. It's boasting. And, and, and so, you, that's a, man, that was the best way I've ever heard anybody put it, just the way you just put it. It is a tangible means of me doing something to get this false sense of, oh, I did something. I'm good now. God's accepted me. And Ephesians 2, 8, 9 kind of knocks that in the head and says, oh, no, it's not what you do. It's a gift. Well, and and the and going back to the person, maybe the believer who's speaking to someone in a conversation, and they ask the question, "Oh, yeah, do you have a relationship with Christ?" And the answer is, "Well, I've been baptized, so yeah." I think that you, yes, you respond to that answer with love and with care, but at the same time, you got to tell them the truth. You got to tell them the you truth. You have to tell you them the truth. You owe it to them because here's the thing. And I don't know, you're listening to this, and you're like a in church leadership position maybe a pastor, a church leader, but we have had, you know, since we've moved here 14, 15 years ago, people who have started to attend our church, maybe it's like uh, maybe a couple weeks into their attendance, they're a part of our church family, uh, becoming more involved. We start to see their faces more often. And then the conversation comes up to, or the question, they approach us, church leadership, and say, hey, I want to be, I want to be baptized. And then we as church leadership have to, it's very important, have to, have to, have to. When someone approaches you and is inquiring about going into the waters of baptism, receiving a testimony of that person's yes. 
you know, yeah. when they came into a relationship with Christ. Can I bring up a quick point yes. to believers? Uh, nowhere in the Word of God does it say you are to be baptized multiple times. And I don't know where we have gotten the idea that if I'm baptized one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, that it kind of, you know, rejuvenates my uh, commitment to Christ. It kind of revives it. It kind of livens it up. It kind of gives me a sense, oh, I've got a new start. I've got a new lease. God's, you know, ripped the page out of that notebook of my life that, you know, and, and, and there again, it becomes a meaningless symbol all it is is something for me to do to make me feel better. Nowhere in the Word of God do you ever find anywhere where people were baptized multiple times to keep their 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 life right with God. The Bible's clear. You know what it says? Repent. Repent. First John 1 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. And so I just wanted to throw that in there because, you know, it sounded like you were going that way. I don't no, know. No, I was. You were. I was, and that's the thing. Well, it's it's sort of like what you were just saying. Multiple baptisms after a person has given their life to Christ has sort of become like a spiritual bathtub. The bapt- That's all it is. People are like, okay, well, I'm dirty. I feel dirty. I feel bad. Now I need to go. Do, instead of going on their knees and praying and asking God to forgive us, forgiveness, they jump into the baptism pool. Mm-hmm. Get some, you know, They go under, they come out, and they're good. And they never once ask God to truly forgive them of their sins, which is all he wants them to do. They would rather be baptized than repent. Right. Repentance is repentance is severe. Repentance is you uh, having a change of heart, having a change of mind, agreeing with God, and that's the hard part, man. I got to agree with God that I have sinned. Repentance is self uh, in the dirt, face in the dirt, self down, belly down, face down, uh, before a holy and righteous God. You have sinned, and it's easier for me to walk into a pool than it is for me to get on my face and, and, and come to terms with the fact that I've sinned and God needs to forgive me. And so people kind of divert that and say, oh, okay, I'll just get baptized. I'll feel clean. You, I mean, that's per- you said it perfect. I'll get clean. I'm good. No, you need to repent. Well, you think about it, most people, think about, think about going into a, a, your prayer and you know your life's not where it needs to be. So you're thinking to yourself, I need to repent and lay my life out before God that's number one. You're you're doing that when you're alone, when no one's watching. Yeah. It's just you and God, which is a pretty intimidating thing if you think about it. You're stepping into the presence of God, humbling your heart, laying your life out underneath the magnifying glass of heaven, the heaven, and basically airing out all your dirty laundry, asking God to say like to re- forgive you of your sins. You're repenting of your sins. No one's around when that's taking place, and it feels terrible. It honestly feels terrible. It Con- feels terrible. Conviction is not a fun thing no. to experience, but people would much rather not go through that because, number one, they're alone. No one sees them do it, so they feel like, well, maybe God didn't accept that prayer. Yeah. But baptism, I'm in a room with so many other people. Mm-hmm. They see me perform this act. I come up out of the water. They all start clapping. They all start... You know, they come up to me after church, they give me a hug, say, congratulations, good for you. And that's more validation for most people that say, okay, since everyone else saw me do this and they clapped for me and they gave me a hug and they told me congratulations, then I maybe know for sure that God accepted that. Yeah. And, in, and in fact, it's the complete opposite. Yeah. God's like, hey, don't get in front of everyone. And it was kind of like what we talked about last week when it came to prayer. Don't don't pray as the as the hypocrite did up in the synagogue while he was yelling his lungs out, praying all crazy. And then there was a dude halfway down the street who didn't even want to get close to the church because no. he didn't feel worthy. Yeah. 
And that's the prayer that God heard and yeah. God, you know, listened yeah. to and accepted. Uh, but yeah, I think baptisms just become a show in a, in, a, in a sense. But at the same time, there are genuine baptisms. There is. So to that suspect, retrospect, why should people consider baptism after, you know, giving their life to Christ? Why is that a thing? Why hey, should they do it? It's simple. Uh, Matthew chapter 3 Verses 13 through 17, we won't read it, you know, for the sake of time, but this is Jesus's baptism. And I have people ask me all the time, why would Jesus need to be baptized? Well, it, it's so simple. It's right here in the scripture for identification. He is standing in that water with John the Baptist, identifying with everybody that is upon the banks of the Jordan. And boy, we can take that thing future and all of us. He is standing there representing us, the man, the men, the humanity, the women who need to be saved, who need to die to self, who need that death, burial, and resurrection uh, encounter in my life. And so Jesus stands there and he tells John, he said, to fulfill all righteousness. So if somebody comes up and says, why should I consider baptism? Well, if you are a genuinely born-again believer, if you've truly repented and you've trusted Jesus Christ, baptism is you following Jesus. It is your first act uh, as a new believer, a, a, a baby Christian, uh, if you would, uh, of following Christ. And God, you know, God said, "Hey, your first movement of uh, in this new life is movement into this to this sim- symbolic representation of publicly." You know, announcing, uh, I, I've been I've been saved by God, and I'm walking in newness of life. So, if people say, "Why should I consider it? Is it a big deal?" Well, it is because it's your first step of obedience uh, in following Jesus Christ, and that's exactly what we see in Matthew. That's why Jesus said it fulfills all right. It's a right thing to do. You see, what I'm saying. Well, everything that we do in church, as far as um, acts or or you know ordinances or or whatever it is. Baptism is always on the list. Yeah. Why? Because Jesus did it and he, t- yeah. he told us to do it. The other one is is communion. Yeah. Jesus did it and he told us to do it. As often as you do it, remember him. Um, and, you know, for our younger listeners, baptism, why should you consider it? You know, people who are on Facebook nowadays, they get, they're like, yeah, they're single people, single people, they're, you know, out there. Their relationship st- status on their profile says single. The most exciting thing for single people to do is when they're on Facebook is to update their relationship status to in a relationship with someone and baptism is literally you getting in front of the world and saying, Hey, listen, I'm no longer, uh, I no longer belong to the world. I no longer belong to death, uh, sin and, and the, and death and the grave no longer have power over me because now I've got this new life, new freedom, all because Jesus and I had this relationship with each other. So baptism, baptism, in a way, could <laughs> baptism is a way of like slapping the devil in the face in front of the world and say, "Hey, listen, he lost control of me. He doesn't own me anymore. Uh, now I belong to God and to yeah. the family and to the kingdom of God." Yeah, you up, you publicly updating your status. Yeah. So yeah. But okay. So does baptism is baptism necessary to go to heaven? That's the big question. Do I have to be? Do people have to be baptized in order to go to heaven? No. No. Uh, Another scripture, and you know, you and I, Aaron, we're all about the Bible. You know, yeah. it's not we're not giving our opinions on this. And so, in Matthew, uh, you know, the Bible. I mean, I'm sorry, in Luke chapter 23, uh, we have the 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 account verses 40 and 43, uh, the account of the thief on the cross. Uh, 
And, and it's obvious that he started out, you know, against Jesus somewhere uh, in those hours of Christ dying on the cross. He had a change of heart and he understood who this was that was in the middle of him and this other guy. And, you know, uh, and I think he truly repented at that moment. Uh, unfortunately, they were not in a position to be baptized. I mean, they're hanging on a cross, man. And so there is no water. There is no uh, 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 opportunity for them to be baptized. And look what Jesus said. Truly, I say unto you, today you will be with me in paradise. So did this man go to heaven even though he wasn't baptized? Uh, the answer is yes. I think when we get to heaven that we will all see this thief walking around, you know, God's city. And so, uh, no, baptism is not a necessary element for me to go to heaven. I don't think you find that in the scriptures anywhere. One element to getting to heaven, the most important, is what are you going to do with Jesus Christ? You know what I'm saying? And so, in order for me to not go to hell, I have to trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ. That's the that's 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 the uh, one. Uh, you know, requirement, prerequisite. Hey, have I trusted Jesus Christ? What about people who uh, are saved on their deathbed? They're, I mean, they're right there in the in the days, maybe the hours, and and all of a sudden they have had this, uh, you know, the conviction, and 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 somebody leads them to the Lord, and they they truly repent at that moment, and then in hours or maybe days later they pass away. Do those people go to hell because they did not go into the waters of baptism? No, they do not. I've I've had the opportunity to lead somebody to the Lord that were that that were uh, that was on their deathbed, and they truly repented. And you could sense the presence of God dealing with this person. And that person died just a few days later, and never went into the waters of baptism. And I still believe to this day that that person truly repented, truly had a change of heart, and God really saved that person. And so we cannot make up beliefs in order to scare tactic people into heaven. you got to be baptized. If you're not, you're going to hell. And just to put the numbers on the board for baptisms this month, that's that's not the way to do it. Right. And so that that sort of brings me to a point that I, I want us to talk about that can be a touchy subject. And the fact, okay, so this is, this is you know, your relationship with Jesus is all based on a, your personal decision to follow Jesus, to give your life to Jesus, to trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's a personal decision. Yes. No one can make that decision for you. So the, the, the subject has to be brought up and touched on, on infant baptism. Wow, that's a touchy subject. That is a touchy subject, yes. man, especially um, for those who grew up in a culture or in a household where you were brought up and raised in a way where you were taught that infant baptism was the right thing to do or that you were maybe yourself baptized as an infant and that's what you've been holding on to is your parents saying and showing you pictures like yeah when you were a child when you were born we brought you into the church and um and you know the 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 pastor or the priest they they baptized you as an infant so the truth of the matter is as far as infant baptism goes is your parents are making the decision for you to be baptized by a church leader so if a relationship with Jesus has to be a personal decision made by you and you alone, and you have to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit and with the gospel and with the truth of God's word, sure. 
then we could go ahead and say that infant baptism is a false hope that people are holding on to in today's age. Yeah, uh, this is a touchy subject, and uh, somehow I knew you was going to redirect this towards me. <laughs> well, so, no, well, the, thing, yeah. the thing is, is like, because here's, here's the question, because we talk about that. Okay, well, here's a scenario for you, okay? You have a person who was baptized as an infant. They weren't able to make that decision as, yeah. as a as a like five month old or whatever age it is that they do it. They were not able to make the decision to be able to go into a church and be baptized. Yeah. So the older that person gets, they make the decision to completely reject the gospel, reject God's word, reject the truth that Jesus died for them, rose for them, and they truly believe and their entire faith has been placed in well, I'm not gonna put my faith in God. I'm gonna put my faith in someone else or something else or just myself. And I don't need religion. I don't need God or whatever. But they were baptized as an infant. Sure. So what happens then? Well, the fact of the matter is, is the only thing that we see in the Bible, 1 Samuel chapter number 1, uh, 1 Samuel chapter number 2, uh, when it comes to what we do with our children, um, is the story of Hannah and uh, Samuel. You know, uh, Hannah was unable to have children. God blessed her, touched her womb. She had this young boy by the name of Samuel, and she uh, dedicated him back to the Lord. She lent him, is what the King James says, lent him back to the Lord. The Lord had lended him to her. And so uh, infant baptism is a church tradition. It is not a biblical doctrine. It is not a biblical. And so in the scriptures, uh, you know, nowhere is it taught that children are to be baptized. Uh, there is this age of accountability, and I know this is going to bring up a question, well, what is the age of accountability? It's whatever age that you can understand and the Holy Spirit deals with you to understand what the gospel is, and you put your faith in Jesus Christ. Nobody knows what that, how old were you when you were saved, Aaron? How old, how old were you when your mom led you to the Lord? Uh, it was eight or nine. You were eight or nine. Yeah. And I think, and I believe you had a true understanding of what was going on in your life. And so there is this age of accountability. And there again, you know, infant baptism, if you study history, uh, you, you know, we are Baptists here at Northside. Uh, it was part of a huge uh, onslaught of persecution for our Baptist forefathers. We were uh, called Anabaptists because we were rebaptizers, you know, people who were infant uh, baptized as infants. When they came to Christ, we said, hey, you need to be baptized again to follow the steps of Christ. And so to not get into Baptist history, uh, it, it's something that people need to understand. They And, and I want to say it this way. You've got to have a personal encounter with Christ. Holy Spirit convicting you. You're hearing the gospel. You realize you need a Savior, and your only hope is Jesus. You turn to Him. You put your faith in Him. Anything that is uh, has to do... It's like I said this this past weekend uh, at church. You know, spirituality is not me keeping church tradition and religious protocol. That doesn't make me spiritual, okay? And so, uh, you know, it may be sweet. It may be nice. You know, you have a very, you know, special service. But there is no saving power in what uh, people consider infant baptism to be. You know, and and here's what you need to understand. It's not 
a matter of, you know, who's right, who's wrong, you know, uh, you shouldn't do that, you should do this. It's a matter of what God's Word says. What is God has a final say-so in this, and He says, hey, you have to put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so if somebody in, is, is listening that is putting their trust in that, you know, there is no saving hope and no power in that to transform your life. You are holding on to a religious protocol, a tradition, and you're right. You are so right. Somebody's made the decision for you. And listen, I'm not saved and you're not saved because somebody decides I want to be saved. It has to be a personal, 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 you know, encounter with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Right. And it's not, it's like you said, it's not a thing of like, who's right? The Baptists, the Methodists, the Catholics, the Presbyterians, the Mormons. That's not what we're talking about here. We're getting truth from God's word. That's the absolute truth. In a world of so many truths, we want to have the the absolute truth on the subject. Um, and we'll just close this thing out with asking the question, how are we to be baptized? Because there's so many methods. Is, is it submersion? Is it sprinkling? Uh, uh, what is it? Because I remember when I was baptized, it was in North Carolina in an absolute freezing cold yes. river. Uh, and um, I've got the picture on the wall. Yeah, a freezing cold yeah. river. And if, if you didn't get saved, if you didn't get fully saved during repentance... And that cold river in North Carolina sure got all of hell out of you and like all the demons out of you for sure. It was that cold. No, but I'm, I'm joking. But uh, I was baptized in a cold. Where were you? I've never heard when you got baptized. Uh, I was baptized by Ricky Mason, the, uh, the minister that, that, that me and your mom, that, that married me and your mom, that I was called to preach under. Uh, he baptized me. Uh, I was saved when I was 21. I was late and, uh, a late bloomer, so to speak, spiritually. And uh, so uh, I was baptized in uh, East Fork Baptist Church there in East Fork, North Carolina, by Ricky Mason. I think somewhere, I think your mom or somebody's got a picture of me coming up out of the baptismal waters uh, with Ricky, in fact. And yeah, that's right. But as far as how we're to be baptized, I think Matthew put it pretty clearly in Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3, verse 16, when it says, As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. Which gives us the Pretty image. Simple. He was yeah. he went into the water. John took him and threw him under the water, and he came up out of the water, yeah. which is a symbol of you're being buried. Mm-hmm. Like it goes back to the first question: What sure is baptism? It it's all symbolism. Yeah. You're being buried with the old life, being washed under the blood of Jesus, mm-hmm. and when you come out, it's a new. It represents new life. Sure does. New, new walk with new walk with Christ from that point on. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it doesn't get any simpler, Aaron. I, like I said a couple of podcasts ago, we make these things so complicated. And, and it's, and I mean, it's just, and, and, you know, I know people interpret the Bible in different ways and they're going to look at it and read it and they're going to have arguments and stuff like that. But, you know, you and I literally, and, you know, interpret the Word of God. We take it for what it says. And when it says he went up out of the water, that means he must have went down into the water. And so he, had, in order for me to come out, I would have to have gone down. And so uh, it's pretty much submersion is, I mean, there's no other way for that symbolic representation of you dying and being resurrected. There's no, uh, there's no means of that in sprinkling or anything like that because you're not, you're not coming up like you're being resurrected out of the tomb, out of the grave, you know. And so uh, you've uh, you got to read the Word of God for what it says. Literally. You know? Literally. You've got to read it. It says it. He went up out of the water. And so, uh, yeah, you, you nailed it. You know, submersion's it. Well, if you're listening to this and you have uh, given your life to Christ— 
whether it be recently or years or uh, ago or whatever it may have been, and you haven't gone into the waters of baptism and you haven't made that first step of obedience, then we want to encourage you to do that. Whether it be, yes. if Northside is your home church, then come to us as soon as you can. Um, approach us about it. Let us know. We would love to get you set up to where we can get you under the water as quickly as possible. We had a baptism this weekend. The girl was just worshiping God afterwards, you know. Yeah. So, and if you are you listening to this and you and you're you know you don't attend Northside Church and Northside Church is not your home church, then go to your local church, the church that you're you call home, and tell them, hey, it's time for me to take this first step of obedience. And listen, if you're listening to this as well, and you're relying on a false um, hope of you know, well, someone made the decision for me when I was young, or I've never actually made the decision to follow Christ. We would love to talk to you as well. So you could reach out to us. Listen, on our Facebook page, our church's Facebook page, North at Northside Church TX. Shoot us a message. Let us know how you feel. We would love to talk to you, connect with you, um, and ask us questions. You know, we got some topics coming up on this podcast that we're really excited about, and we want to hear from you. Maybe some stuff, some topics, uh, a question or two. It doesn't have to be about the Bible. It can be about life in general. Whatever you or you feel like you're uh, sort of struggling with, you kind of want some insight on, from God's Word on, send us a, a message and let us know. Uh, but today's topic was, man, that was pretty good. That's that, pretty, it was good. It was real good, yeah. It got deep in the water, no pun intended. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, on that note, we hope you have a, a blessed week. Yes. We will see you Love back y'all. here. Oh, I guess we won't see you, but we will. you'll hear us. Uh, we'll be with you guys next Tuesday. Every Tuesday we upload a new episode. So next Tuesday yeah. we will be back with you guys. Uh, But on that note, we love you guys. Have a great week. I'm Aaron. Scott. See you later. Bye, guys.